0: Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is a classic, The Goonies, which is presented by Steven Spielberg, of course a Richard Donner film, who uh, directed Superman back in the day. We're looking at all the way back to 1985 for this, and the reason we're going so far back in time is because I've never seen The Goonies before now. Um, Last week we did Risky Business, which was Lloyd's classic film he'd never seen. And uh, today, I put to rest the Goonies. So my knowledge of the Goonies up to this point, Lloyd, uh, was a few lines that I'd heard that had been made famous. Um, The truffle shuffle, which uh, Kevin Smith mentions on many a podcast, and um, I have heard of before. How does he say it? Oh, He just jokes that he, as a kid, had to pull up his shirt and do the truffle shuffle. Oh, you're kidding. You know, kind of thing, but he sort of jokes about it, like as if he had. To, he's not saying he really did that, just that kids would make him do that or stuff. You know, <laughs> to that extent. Um, and I know, I knew beforehand that Sean Astin and uh, Josh Brolin were in it, right. And I knew about the line, "It's our time down here," and um, because it was quoted in like Family Guy and uh, the TV series Happy Endings, did a bit about it, and uh, I was familiar with that line. So, the R-Time down here, when it's in Family Guy, they're in a sewer sort of thing. Yeah. So, I was familiar with that they were going to go into a sewer, and that was the limit of my knowledge. How did you not
1: know this film? Like, how did you not see this film when you were a kid? Like, did other kids see this film, or they just never mentioned it, or...?
0: I think, for me, the, um, the thing was my family would tape things on VHS, and then those would become the things we would watch over and over again. Sure. Um... There's a film called Flight of Dragons. It's an animated film that we watched to death. Um, not many people would have seen it, I'm sure, but it's uh, quite a interesting cartoon film. Um, we watched the Transformers cartoon film over and over again. In terms of... The 1986 advent- movie? That's right.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's one of my favourites.
0: Yeah. No, it was one of my favourites, too. <laughs> and... Um, the, in terms of adventure films that I'd watched, I'd say the one that we overwatched was The Princess Bride.
1: Oh, that was excellent, yeah.
0: Yeah, which probably replaced where the Goonies would have fallen in my childhood, I think. I got
1: really lucky with The Princess Bride. I had a really cool English teacher that um, he showed us a lot of cool movies, and one of them was The Princess Bride. Like, he showed us a lot of good cult movies. Uh, yeah. and that i got lucky enough to catch up like at a good age like 13 14 with those movies so i was very fortunate i couldn't imagine like missing out on the princess bride at a young at a young age like yeah just be,
0: i think that film's 30 years old now mm-hmm. they did a screening and billy crystal was talking about it on something yeah they, they, they just released it on it.
1: blu-ray uh, special i don't know if it's 25 years or 30 years yeah but it's an anniversary edition
0: yeah that for me was the hugely iconic adventure film you know with the man in black and the six fingered man yeah and um so the goonies didn't sort of factor and i think i was aware of it just like that was a film that people were into but i don't know just completely missed it you really <laughs>
1: yeah and so watching it now as an adult i, I can't imagine how painful this must have been <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I think um, watching it through the prism of being an adult, you just kind of, and maybe sometimes a sceptical adult, you sometimes just look at it and go, well, that's dumb, that's, that's <laughs> not possible. A huge example of this is when uh, this kid with the gadgets, right? Data. He's got, like, radar, did you say? Data. Data, that's it, yeah. <laughs> um, who's also in one of the Indiana Jones films, isn't he? Oh,
1: yeah, he's one of the most annoying characters <laughs> in Indiana Jones' <laughs> yeah. Temple of Doom.
0: Well, he, he's all about... Like, he loves Indiana Jones. Has he got an Indiana Jones hat? No, the, the guy escaping has an Indiana Jones hat in this film. So Yeah, he's Indiana more like Jones.
1: a 007 or gadget guy. Like, um, he's the guy with the gadget sort of thing. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, they're... Um, he has a boxing glove under his shirt at one point. Which... You can't tell in any other scenes it's clearly just been put in there for that one shot where he needs to use the boxing glove. Yeah. And his, his backpack
1: and the- his jacket have endless little toys there that they could just put in stuff at convenience sort of thing.
0: Yeah, when it's convenient to the plot. When he's falling and he shoots that like teeth thing that catches him before he falls on the spikes. Yeah. I think that is probably the most difficult thing for an adult to believe. <laughs> you know when you're watching this film
1: I gotta say um this is a uh, came out in 1985 and I'm shocked I'm looking at this uh the the cast and crew here and Steven Spielberg wrote the story and Christopher Columbus is a veteran at these kids sort of movies I don't I don't know if he directed Home Alone but he was involved in that um, I he think wrote he the did. screenplay, and it's directed by Richard Donner, who's actually a very accomplished director. Did Superman, as you said, uh, but this film is one of the greatest um, kids movies of that period and if you're watching it now I was shocked at how much swearing was allowed in kids movies back then yes there's a great one called uh bad news bears which came out in the 70s and it's hilarious because kids are smoking in the movie (laughs) um they're riding in a convertible none of them's got a seatbelt. they're like all packed in like we're talking a whole baseball team packed into this convertible and they're sitting on the bonnet and stuff like that while while the coach drives them around town and they're actually doing it you know it's not like you know traffic's going around just like wow Wow, this this wouldn't go for today. <laughs> and, and this film, I couldn't believe how much swearing there was. I completely forgot about it. But in a way, it's truthful to how kids actually talk, I think. I think uh, Matt Stone or Trey Parker was going on about this, and they're like, no, kids swear. Trust me, I've, I've heard kids speak, and they, they do swear. Like, you can't say South Park is... A, you know censorship or anything which is true in a sense because it, it they do take extreme measures on certain subjects no doubt but the language i think is very truthful to how kids actually act um and i yeah. don't think a goonies film today would have as much swearing that it would definitely be um i don't want to say corporatized but the the marketing of it would push it to censor it sort of thing
0: that's interesting that you should say that yeah because they've been working on trying to get a sequel going it sort of falls a in and or out a of remake a sequel apparently oh right yeah they talk about goonies 2 quite a bit people tweet about it sean astin says things yeah, it's, in it's a on cult red favorite carpet interviews like
1: i i've have fond memories of goonies like it's a kids film and they all go out on a treasure hunt like it's got all the formula, all the ingredients for a perfect big hit, and I'm I'm assuming it was a massive hit. Like, I was a kid when I watched this, I just can't remember if it was a massive hit or if it was one of those things that flopped at the cinema and grew later around on video. Um... But it, as a kid watching this, I cannot tell you how many times I was like, Oh, I gotta find an old treasure map, and then we gotta go hunting. you know, you be the guy with the gadgets, you be the comedy relief guy, you be the smart guy, you know everyone's got their little um attributes that help the adventure yeah. along <laughs> and That's it was it was a- re- remarkable um uh scenario that they created, like how they go into the The pirate ship, and they got a, you know, and and the villains were very threatening. Like they shoot people. Like the guy is hanging out, a kid is hanging out with a dead body in a frozen uh, fridge. Yes, in a freezer. Yeah. Yeah. How freaky is that? Like he's actually a dead body. Like a hole in his head, and they make it comedic. I I don't know if films could do that. I I don't want to say films now are 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 more softened, but definitely kids' films. I think wouldn't be allowed to do that.
0: As well, the film starts off with like a hanging. I know it's not a real hanging, but it's like a. Oh, yeah. He's faking it. Well, for uh, the which brief again, two
1: minutes, you really believe he's hung himself.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is not great for a kids' film immediately. Yeah. And um, that's the guy who escapes with the Indiana Jones hat on, which, you know, seems like a nod to Spielberg. <laughs> um, but the first thing I wrote down when I was watching this is is this a kids' movie? 'Cause um Chunk I think it is, yep. who says like, Wow, it's a police chase swears after that <laughs> yeah. when he spills his drink. <laughs> you know, and then on IMDB it says that shit or bullshit is uttered nineteen times, not counting the line holy SHIT. Well so- Me and
1: my brothers, one of our favourite lines is when they broke the statue and the um the the private areas break off and then they they try to cover it up and the mum goes,
0: what's that? And Chuck goes right (laughs) away, oh shit, what? (laughs) Yes. I mean, as well as that, you see what kind of film this is. It's for the era, isn't it? I mean, it's an 80s film. Because I think... I mean did you get into adventures like this because I remember playing in the backyard but never wandering off to this extent you know oh yeah
1: think- yeah absolutely I did actually um, but the bike riding in it like that's what really pushed me to do get into adventures like we'd all get on our bikes and just ride around the suburbs and go to the creek and stuff like that and now. Our- we just invent all these adventures like around the creek it was was fantastic like it really played in especially the bike part how they're all riding at the bikes and that it's kind of like a chase sequence but that's all what we did
0: (laughs) that reminds me of E.T. really but I think where this film gets um gets weird is that they go into the sewer really and that they find this gigantic cavern oh yeah which has a ship in it and that no one has found this before it's so implausible (laughs) Oh, the the traps are implausible yeah. too. I just... The, that was really difficult because there's that... All right. There's that bit where they have to step on the right sort of bits. But they play the piano and bits collapse. Yeah. I mean, these are really elaborate booby traps. <laughs> and to have like a skeleton thrown that you play like a piano. And there was nothing under that floor to hold it up. You know, like you couldn't rig the floor to collapse that way. <laughs> it just seems really unrealistic and then he killed anyway, like
1: the legend has it the the pirate killed all his own men uh, wouldn't they mutiny for sure I I, I don't know it just mm. the logic was just really
0: crazy there's two guys slipping on the log was reminding me of Home Alone you know that sort mm. of slapstick stuff but Chris Columbus did direct Home Alone 1 and 2 but then I think he's much more famous or he will be for directing the first two Harry Potters Right. you know the modern sort of um stuff he's done will i think be his legacy
1: yes absolutely so he did direct um, home alone okay <laughs> he did
0: one one and two yeah oh wow okay yeah i wanted to ask do you think just while we're on the truffle shuffle before we move past it do you think that's kind of like bullying yeah absolutely it, it, it but it, i think it's truthful to how kids actually to what
1: kids actually do like um i, I had a we had a really close family friend growing up, and he was like a, you know, chubby kid, and we'd always do things like that.
0: <laughs> I notice on IMDb that the um, the guy who played Chunk, Jeff Cohen, is no longer chubby. Oh right, <laughs> probably something he had He's to probably- deal with like. The fact that he's done the truffle shuffle it's probably yeah he's something yeah that's haunted him really
1: worked out and got himself buff and everything would you say yeah <laughs> and cory Feldman I'm, I'm shocked how young these kids are as well like from brolin mm. to um
0: uh
1: cory feldman and um the guy who was in lord of the rings
0: <laughs> sean Aston, yeah yeah so young mikey the only one without a name, Mikey. Mikey.
1: <laughs> I love it Everyone how the 80s chunk, say Mikey, mouth. like,
0: especially Lost Boys. A lot Lost boy Lost Boys. Yeah, Mikey. Mm. <laughs> what did you think of that scene? Because, I mean, I thought this was far too adult for this children's movie. But the scene with the Spanish where he's got heaps of drug references. I know, you know the- it's so extreme. Uh, Heroin, cocaine, speed, marijuana.
1: You know, to be honest, because I, I watched it again recently for this podcast, and I couldn't believe how much swearing and how much, you know, explicit references there were. Like, I did not notice any of this when I was a kid. Like, it's like watching, uh, I, watched, I remember watching Terminator 2 when I was very young and then watching again when I was older. And I was like, mm. wow, they swear a lot in this movie. But I, I think kids just don't pick that up um yeah. In their environments. If you don't know yeah. what it is, yeah, you don't know what it is exactly. So it's like I think, I think, it's I think the same Shrek and Toy Story. Um, maybe not so much Toy Story, but they have those adult references that they're yes. very clever. They know kids won't get, but adults will.
0: It's the same with the Simpsons, which I think is when you rewatch Simpsons episodes, absolutely, you
1: go, absolutely. That's probably the best example because yeah, that's absolutely.
0: Um, and the other thing that he mentions in his Spanish translating is the sexual torture devices in the attic, <laughs> which I th- I thought was a bit much.
1: <laughs> have you seen um, Stand By Me?
0: Yeah, but it was a while ago.
1: It was a while ago. I put the... T- I think that came out maybe in the early 90s, but I'm going to say 80s because I- it just feels... I think it might have been late right 80s. Yeah, maybe late 80s. Um, I always put The Goonies as like th- the big kiddie kids film. But, you know, maybe with a bit of heavy themes. But the big kids' film that with heavy themes is Stand By Me. um, Mm -hmm. Because Stand By Me deals with very, very extreme subjects. And I think any kid can watch Stand By Me and be okay with it. Um, Although it's very, um, very extreme subjects they delve into. But it's interesting if you compare the two. And what directions, you know, like in the 80s, what... Um, I don't want to bring up censorship again, but what the um, idea was for kids' films—they were still like nutting it out. Where's the in-between sort of thing? And I think mm-hmm. *Goonies* was the most financially successful, but *Stand by Me* was the most meaningful for kids. I think. I think it's very important that *Stand by Me* be not be looked at as a film that should be censored for children, but as an important children sort of film because it teaches—I mm. don't know—kids about a lot of things. Um, I feel anyway.
0: Yeah. Um, I think in the 80s it must have been a simpler time in terms of filmmaking. Yeah, you
1: kind of get the sense of still trying to work out what is a major hit. Like the ingredients, because yeah. the Star Wars is argu- arguably the template for a success, and that's when the studios were like, right, we got to do it this way, you know, this is the template, we've got to have these certain ingredients in the comedy relief and so forth. Um, and the 80s was just trying to figure that out, and then in the 90s you had heavy dealings with censorship, mainly because of Pulp Fiction And uh natural born killers and then we come into this age now where I think they got marketing down really well. Like I'm trying to think of and I I think kids films of today are as good as ever. I don't want to put kids films down today at all, but it seems like they've just we're we're in an age now where they've just got all that marketing down really well. Like they come out with a film and they know exactly where to where how to advertise and how to get it to that audience, whatever it's making. Whatever film that's making, yeah.
0: Well, I think um, probably focus groups weren't as prevalent and that they probably don't go through... In the 80s, they probably didn't go through a million stages where they had people saying, should that really be in the film? Mm -hmm. And things getting taken out, you know? Um, And if a film like The Goonies were to be made today and hadn't been made in 85, there wouldn't be as much swearing. There'd probably be no deformed ogre sloth guy. Yeah, he's
1: too frightening. Um, Yep, there would be no ridiculous gadgets
0: because they wouldn't be realistic. (laughs) Um, There would be relatively no scares for the kids. The bit where the the hand gets put in the blender. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and where there's a knife to someone's tongue. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Far too scary yeah, That's all in
1: the same scene. That, that's actually a very funny scene. I like it how they go, tell us everything, kid. And the kid's cry. goes, all right. And then he proceeds to tell them about <laughs> everything he's done. Bad. <laughs> and I love that yes. the whole monologue, how he's going, yeah, and then I started throwing up in the cinema, making noises, and he starts dry-reaching. And then everyone else in the cinema started throwing up. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Oh, that was great he did a great job
0: <laughs> um yeah definitely um less scares for kids also there'd be no I've written a list here that's just reading it off um no group urination scene oh yeah I would I would think um the bad guys wouldn't actually shoot their guns at the kids mm-hmm um there wouldn't be dynamite for the kids to almost kill themselves i'm
1: surprised spielberg hasn't oh no i'm thinking of george lucas spielberg doesn't retouch his stuff but i was thinking like if it was george lucas instead of guns now they have flashlights
0: (laughs) was that was that from et Yeah, that's spielberg that was et oh no you're right
1: spielberg did censor et
0: yeah that's a famous thing from um when they, what, was it DVD of E.T.? I they think put it was DVD flashlights?
1: Yeah, they replaced the shotguns with the flashlights, um, which In I'm heavily against because you got to preserve what that film was to that time, you know, so films still act as a time capsule, you know, so you can look back at films and, and work out a lot of, you know, such as that, oh, okay, that was yeah. acceptable. Just like what we're doing with The Goonies, how we're looking mm. back and how, how we're shocked at how a lot of that was acceptable for a children's film.
0: Yeah, another thing I think is children's films these days, um, you get sort of 90 minutes or less. And for this film, it's just almost just under two hours, really. I didn't realise that, yeah. One hour, 53 minutes. And kids don't have that kind of attention span these days, especially with, like, internet phones, you know, iPads. You you just, you don't get them for that long. That um, brings
1: up a really good point, because I want to say... Like I've I've heard a lot of people argue on forums or on comments, like um, especially about Bad News Bears, which is a film everyone should check out. By the way, baseball movie, kids baseball movie, and they were saying that um, yeah, kids uh, kids movies back then. Were were better because they they could go to those extremes. I uh, I disagree with that. Uh, I th- I've seen kids nowadays and what video games they play, and I don't know if you've seen any of the Call of Duties or the Resident Evils, but yep. they are more terrifying, horrific, and bloodthirsty than any kids movie I have ever seen in my <laughs> childhood. <laughs>
0: And kids are playing them, and, yeah. And kids
1: are playing them hardcore. Like, I'm ch- shocked how open they are with the sexuality as well. Like, games like Grand Theft Auto and things like that. And I'm not against any of that. I'm, I'm not against um, um, uh, those... Ex- censorship? Yeah, censorship or, or, or anything like that. I um, But it you know just the idea that goonies back then the kids films back then were a lot tougher is i think absurd you know Mm. especially if you look at them the whole multimedia landscape including not just movies but video games and comics and so forth
0: yeah no i think um like uh one of the things that got me was i wondered if they would bother having this kind of adventure if they just had the internet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they'd be at home just like data
1: would be like a computer programmer developing yep. um games and chunk would just be heavily into um you know video games and
0: warcraft or something Yeah, and they
1: wouldn't <laughs> even be in the same room getting together they would be at their computers Headset. with headsets exactly yep. um wow that's a really good point <laughs> maybe it was well, better back then i don't know <laughs>
0: like, I mean, I, I remember having these kinds of adventures, but the thing that gets me is how they just sort of escape, you know, um, like the eighties, probably there was less to be afraid of. It's, um, it seems like the news these days, there's more like, um, you know, the news is all bad news these days. There's, uh, everything to be worried about from, uh, diseases to, you know, swine flu to, um, you know, I want to say, uh, uh, you know kids basically getting kidnapped and sure. um, that sort of stuff um, people probably would as I said just less afraid in 1985 there were less things to worry about I think the news was probably more world events and and things like that hadn't come to the forefront yet so for me I don't remember um, growing up ever sort of leaving the grounds of my house unless it was to go to a neighbor's house you sure. know but you stay in that area so you know you're within earshot when a parent yells out and says it's dinner time or whatever you know um but for me in this film i kept wondering where the parents were and like if we cut if we cut back to the parents at any time during this i mean they would have been getting together and going where are your kids are they at your (laughs) house you know you could have cut back to them and just had this like worry and it would have been a whole different kind of drama instead of comedy i imagine a movie from their point of view it's like our kids are all missing you know, oh, from and the from the, um, from the point parents' point of view, yeah,
1: it would have been a very, yeah, very distraught, very nerve-wracking moment for them.
0: Which, when you're a kid, I guess you don't think, who cares about the parents, exactly. you know, sort of thing. But you see them in that final scene where they meet them all. Yep. And um, the what's his name? Uh, Data's dad has junk under his jacket and on his belt and stuff. He's a gadget guy <laughs> too. <laughs> That's, that's so silly. But anyway, I hated. Um, one of the things
1: I hated was the wordplay. And it, uh, I think they got it from the parents. Like how they kept going, booty traps. Oh, you mean booby traps? That's what I said. And they would do that over yeah. and over again. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that. But it, I think if the parents were doing it. So the kids were doing it. Like you sort of see, okay, that must be a trait with the family, sort of thing. And it's just so annoying. Uh, just like, oh, uh, wordplay. It's just one of those irritating mm. things i didn't notice when i was a kid but as an adult is unfair trying to be clever
0: <laughs> fair enough yeah no it just seems a little forced i guess i thought it was funny that joe pantoliano was in this and risky business oh yeah so now we didn't notice up. that
1: was him um <laughs> yeah, yeah. we both
0: caught up on a joe pantoliano movie <laughs> um the girl from um parenthood martha plimpton Who's in this yeah, film? Yeah. Uh, she's Steph. Also, she's in Raising Hope well, at the moment. And
1: who was the girl um, who was in at The main uh, lead who was going out with Josh Brolin, sort of thing. Was handy she, was yeah, it? Yeah, was she like a popular girl back in the day? I'm.
0: I'm not I mean, too I guess sure. she must have been. Yeah, I'll pull her up been. on IMDb. Her name's Carrie Green. Oh, okay. And her IMDb picture is all in black and white with an '80s hairstyle. so I'm <laughs> <guessing> <laughs> yeah. I'm looking that, at it uh, now. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing that she's uh, mostly an '80s actress hasn't done too much since no
1: i think goonies looks like goonies was the first
0: movie and looks like a highlight
1: yeah she's in mad about you (laughs) i
0: found it i found it yeah i found it interesting that the girls in this movie in the goonies really just seem to tag along Mm. like they weren't there at the beginning they got roped into it um you know and there's that scene where the quarterback says uh andy you goonie yeah you know tr- troy the high school quarterback would he really yell that honestly <laughs> and they is goonie an insult
1: i i, I don't know it um it did it does say it on wikipedia what the reference is but it's something about it's the, um goon the, docks the where the docks. they live yeah and where they live yeah. and they're the guys who the goonies that live around there yeah
0: so that doesn't seem like an insult to me. Sort of me. like, because um,
1: uh, I live in McGregor right next to Charnwood and you call anyone from that area Charny, kids? Charny, oh, no, okay. That that doesn't bear any resemblance to Goonies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that would be insulting. It's weird that he would shout out, you Goonie, you because Goonie. If, they all, if they all live in the Goondocks, aren't they all Goonies, mm. really? Oh. It's like calling someone an Australian, you know, <laughs> if they live in Australia. It doesn't make any sense to me. And how much does Spielberg love giant boulders? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's everywhere <laughs> in this. Yeah, it's every kid's ah.
1: fantasy though to to have one of those adventures, and they fell into that. Well, it worked because it, obviously a lot of kids love, and it's still a cult film. But you're absolutely right. It's just like wow. <laughs> Mm. Uh, I want to talk about uh, one of the reviewers I saw on YouTube when I was looking up reviews for this film. Um, he said, oh, I love to watch this film every time it rains. And I know exactly yeah. what he what he means. For some reason when I was a kid, and every time it rained heavily outside um, and we couldn't go outside and play, I, I would always think about Goonies. And if you look at the, look at the start of that film, and it's always like, um, maybe it's because they live on the coast, um, whatever town that it's in it's always like just after rain um you know what i mean like it's got that effect like it's it's always wet and cloudy and uh, it just created that sense of warmth maybe i'm looking back at it with nostalgic um eyes but um it's a really interesting setting how they had that in there and it's sort of burnt into my mind now (laughs) every time Mm. it rains it just reminds me of the goonies
0: do you have a film you watch every time it rains? I no, mean, no, I, guess when no, you're sick I don't. I've
1: sort of gro- grown out of that, but I do remember when I was a kid and it rained outside and we couldn't play, I would always think about Goonies. Like
0: um, It's mm. it just weird, yeah. I knew
1: exactly what that review was like.
0: like oh, me too. <laughs> One film I find I, I watch quite a lot and re-watch quite a lot um, is High Fidelity with John Cusack. Yeah. Yep. For some reason it seems like such a relatable movie and you know like a almost like a guy's breakup movie you know that you can just kind of throw on and the fact that he breaks the wall and talks to the camera yeah you know you you almost feel like you're just kind of having a conversation at times does it get more meanings
1: as you get older as well
0: i think it stays about the same i just i find it a really enjoyable little journey i've got a few of those
1: films as well the the older i get the more um meaningful it becomes to me like um yeah maybe not taxi drivers so much well taxi driver would be one but um i'm getting that a lot with the insider for some Mm. reason as i'm getting older the film means a lot more to me like there's the the meanings in it just hold more with me than anything else yeah
0: Hmm. no definitely um let's uh make our way back to goonies i guess (laughs) just not not uh swim too far off topic (laughs) (laughs) um the one thing in this film I thought which probably was the strangest for a children's movie was Sloth Okay, now there's the the reveal of him basically where they've got him chained to a chair and he seems like a disfigured kind of chained up guy and it, they're just leaving there and he's sort of the you find out he's one of the Fratelli brothers and you know um, when his Chunk is kidnapped you sort of um, have the first real interaction yes with Chunk and Sloth, he becomes a friendly and, um, monster, doesn't he? Exactly, he's um he's a friendly monster, but he starts off as quite a monster. Oh, he's I mean, this seems like he is terrifying. Yeah, and that yeah, like you say, that that freezer scene where they leave Chunk in the freezer—that's not safe, you know. <laughs> and uh, they all. They all go down to the tunnel, and then only afterwards do they remember Chunk was with them. Yeah. You know? they <laughs> and they're like, just, send go, him just to- go get the police, yeah. Yeah, go this, get this the police. He's going to
1: manage to weave his way out of this situation and get to the police. Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. But yeah, the Blender thing is really horrifying. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the The whole Sloth storyline, where he rips off his shirt and he has a Superman logo. I know it's the same director doing the Goonies <laughs> as Superman. Yeah. Richard, Richard Donner but it's not as if Superman doesn't have like a big backstory and comic books and TV and everything and f- like Superman's in no danger of disappearing sure. you know what I mean yeah. it doesn't feel like it needs to be referenced here we know he's being strong you know he rips off his shirt and he's Superman and he does the whole swashbuckling pirate thing that he's seen in the movie Yep. but I don't know where he's got this Superman t-shirt <laughs> And and it's not as if he does anything from a Superman movie because if he had been watching Superman and then like that swashbuckling thing and he did things from both, it would make more sense. It just doesn't feel. It feels forced, yeah. like this forced pop culture kind of thing, where he's like, oh I directed Superman, and I directed this, so I should include it." You know, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't feel right. But the worst part, the worst part about Sloth, is that at the end, the kid goes you're gonna live with us um you're gonna live with me now sloth cause I love you <laughs> and also he never asks his parents about this how would how would the next scene play out where he goes to his parents and says sloth is gonna live with us would the parents go um no yeah sure no problems
1: and then they just I don't know tranquilize his food and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's and it's gears? oh
0: sloth sloth had to go away <laughs> and they sort of just get rid of him in the night i I can't imagine that, like, playing out. In a Goonies 2 world, let's pretend they bring back all the same characters, Sloth would not be living with adult chunk. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just... Yeah, it seems unrealistic to me. <laughs> that was, that was the, one of the things I had a big problem with. If he'd said to his parents, Sloth's got no one to live with now, sort of thing, and the parents were like, why don't you stay with us, kind of thing, and then they had had the idea, yeah. I think it would have worked. But, because the kid just goes... You're going to live with me now. I love you. It's like he's a puppy or something. I don't know. Sure. It's, doesn't work. <laughs> that bothered me. But um, the, the whole thing sort of plays out like a ride, doesn't it? I mean, there's all this adventure elements. There's slides. There's spikes. There's a pirate ship. You know, you can imagine it being at, like disneyland or something is there a goonies ride do I, you
1: know no i don't know of any goonies ride but it'd be pretty interesting it'd probably play out just like the pirates of the caribbean actually no the pirates of caribbean is more like sit and watch um the, the goonies ride would probably be much more proactive like you know really pushing you the have people to do more ride to go through it sort of thing
0: yeah because i go down that water slide which made me feel like there was a goonies water slide sure. or something somewhere you know um yeah the ship the fact the ship is in that sewer system did they build like a sewer system around the ship did the people who built that sort of cavernous ridiculous <laughs> area Yeah. were they just like oh there's a ship there well we'll leave it there yeah. and we'll just continue yeah it seems like all the plumbers
1: up. who put in all the hard work of the um, the engineering and stuff just went will oh, just ignore that area and they didn't get killed by any of the booby
0: traps <laughs> <laughs> and the yeah exactly they left all the booby traps um, the the fact that they find the gold is on the poster for Goonies. Mm. So you can see them standing on a pile of gold on the IMDb picture, if uh, you're interested. But, like, they' sort of one-eyed willy thing, I mean, it's a bit of a stretch. The whole thing is obviously fantastical, but it's really hard to watch this kind of thing as an adult, yeah, I think. Yeah,
1: I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I struggled saw it as myself a kid. to get through it. I found myself, and I'm... Doing, Uh, i'm guilty of being a modern audience viewer of looking at my ipad all the time or my iphone (laughs) just you know every time i was like i was like bored because or found it ridiculous and i found that quite often but i think it's a great kids film but it it just doesn't work as an adult there's just too many holes it's just really ridiculous at times and yeah
0: yeah it feels like like you said in the 80s it feels like they um are still figuring out the format Mm -hmm. of um You know children's films yes and uh the the dumb ending where they've got all the parents there and you know they've sort of don't have any of the loot and then eventually he's got some jewels in his marble bag um you see the ship you know that's full of jewels (laughs) sailing gently away into the distance (laughs) like they don't make any effort to go and catch it you know like whoever claims that
1: ship is going to be very
0: wealthy like, crazy rich it doesn't doesn't seem right that this ship is just there it's going to stop or get taken out with the tide or whatever come back to the sort of shoreline and then people are just going to go boom go and get all the jewels exactly <laughs> and that's where the film falls down too is that things like that aren't logical they don't make sense yeah and it would have been way more conclusive if the caves had like collapsed burying the treasure forever instead of it very slowly sailing into the distance <laughs> I guess yeah. Cuz stuff like that you just go, "Oh, I got all these jewels, right?" You show the parents and they're like, "Great, we can keep our house," which is yeah. the point of the film. They need to try and save their Did you um, have a favorite character? Look, I suppose I enjoyed the um the brotherly companion sort of Josh Brolin and Sean Astin relationship and how um, Mikey accidentally kisses the girl sort of thing yeah. and um you know that sort of stuff was pretty interesting i think mouth is made to be annoying yeah he, he was actually chunk. our
1: favorite uh character when we were young because he was such a smart Alex, i guess and that really caught the attention of kids but i remember loving data when i was young because he yeah. just had all those cool gadgets and your mind just sort of goes wild at what he could do and the fact that it like i guess that's why home alone was so successful was because it was a kid and he had all these gadgets and you were so excited to see what they would do on the on the robbers and things like that um
0: yeah that seems like the element out of this that you know was replicated in home alone yeah yeah definitely. and, definitely. and as an an adult, a it's ca-
1: interesting hearing you talk about the relationship between the brothers and i think yeah that's that's right they, that's one of the good things they did in this film i like that mm. scene when um the younger brother <laughs> Aston is his Mikey. name Um was yep, looking Mikey. at, he's very disappointed because he knows the whole place is going to be turned over to these developers and his big brother comes and gives him a hug and goes oh no, it'll it'll be okay and he drags him away <laughs> you know yeah. he doesn't use his feet to walk I don't know if you noticed that his
0: feet are just dragging yes. as his brother yeah yeah he's dragging um, him yeah in a headlock yeah in a
1: headlock like it was friendly like nothing aggressive about it but it's just funny how that little detail is there um it's just something a little thing that kids really do that i i really loved about it
0: (laughs) did you did you think if they did a sequel now with um all the kids as adults and all of their kids going on an adventure so i suppose it would introduce all the kids in their new sort of setting yeah and mikey chunk everybody would be adults and um you know sort of be briefly involved before their kids all go off on an adventure do you think that would ruin it
1: Uh, that'd be a good nod to the old fans but it all depends i don't think they'll ruin it like um if it's a really bad script and really badly done i don't think anyone will care about the nod. sort of like what i felt with 21 jump street how there was all these references to the old 21 jump street with um uh, spoilers because um uh, what's his name the the famous actor uh, johnny depp was, what's his name johnny depp
0: sorry johnny depp johnny depp
1: johnny depp was in it at the end of 21 jump street and that was like a reference but the movie in my opinion was so bad i just didn't care <laughs> yeah but yeah if the movie's good and they had that extra layer like a nod to the old goonies yeah that'd be fantastic
0: Yeah, there were a few scenes in 21 Jump Street I thought were really funny. Yes, um, I
1: completely agree. I I found myself really laughing, like, hilarious. Like, I thought it was amazing, but as a whole, the film was
0: terrible. (laughs) Well, you can send your hate mail to Lloyd Hughes. (laughs) Um, No, I think the problem with The Goonies is that it doesn't know what it is yet. Mm. Is it for kids? Is it for adults? Do you you still think
1: it'll hold up as a kid's film? I think that's the most important thing. Um, no, you I don't, don't think, think so? so. No, if you show it to kids no. now,
0: it's not like Star Wars holds up, right? Indiana Jones holds up. Yes, um, I think the elements in Goonies that make it more unsuitable for kids are the um, the sloth, yeah. the the knife to the tongue. You know, like lifting the knife up, threatening with the blender for sure. the kids. I think uh, it's probably too scary for little kids, and there's going to be better adventure films. You know, like Spy Kids, for example, that franchise is sort of probably more suitable for kids and and gives them the same kind of you-can-go-off-and-do-this-wild-adventure sense. I'm blinded too much
1: by nostalgia to give my opinion um, on that. And um, I'm curious to know, like, if you were to show this to a young kid, if they would love it as much as I did when I was young. And I I think I'm leaning towards uh, agreeing with you, yeah, like... Because I remember showing Dumb and Dumber to a 14, 15-year-old and I was young when I saw that and they thought it was dumb. Well, maybe they just weren't in the mood for it. And I remember being 14 watching Dumb and Dumber thinking that was the funniest movie in the world, you know?
0: Mm. It's interesting when things don't um, age well, I suppose. Yes.
1: Like Animal House. I remember we went on about this in the American Reunion podcast uh, and we were saying how i I watched animal house and i didn't like it at all but yet it was one of the greatest teen comedies of that era like uh it was a frat sort of movie sort of like what yeah. old school is to us and um i think american pie will date in 10 15 years like it just won't be as funny because i think the ideologies differ or what's what's funny to them isn't funny to what was funny to us isn't funny to the new generation so to speak
0: yeah no i think you're right but um Obviously, The Goonies is a classic to many people. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just that it's, I've missed the window for which this would become a classic to me, I think. So it just never happened. But um, well said, as you yeah. say, you, you have a special place for it. You have a nostalgia that makes it a classic for you. Absolutely. Very good. Um, well, we've just passed one year of Pod Me If You Can episodes. So uh, to celebrate... Next time on the podcast, we'll be doing a little bit of a special. Um, We're going to talk about um, memorable cinematic deaths. And we're going to focus on personal choices of Lloyd and myself. And um, those films that after you see them, the death is memorable. And uh, just epic performances, really. And uh, moments that have stuck with us through our own personal film journeys, I suppose. So uh, looking forward to doing that one. Yeah, thanks As always, to all you our
1: listeners. F- um, thanks each. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. We year. love doing this and we love all the feedback.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, you can give us any kind of feedback. You can find all the links to everything we're doing at www.podmeifyoucan.com. So um looking forward to doing that one with you next week, Lloyd. Awesome. Memorable deaths. And uh, we will talk then.
1: Okay, thanks, guys. All the best.